Thank you for tuning in to Stanislaus Queercast, episode one. Uh, my name is Steph Landeros. My um, preferred gender pronouns are they and them. My year is, I'm a fourth year, I'm a senior, uh, and I'm also a sociology major. Shout out to the sociology department. Yay. And I'm Jesus Alvarado. Uh, my PGPs are he, his, him. Um, I am a junior here at Stan State, and I'm majoring in Spanish with double minors in ethnic studies and journalism. Um, having said that, I am an editor here at The Signal, um, so I really want to appreciate the partnership that we have with KCSS and The Signal. You guys provide us with the correct equipment, the appropriate equipment, so thank you guys. Um, so, Jesus, can I ask you about your coming out story? Like, is that cool? Can we talk about that? I'm an open book. A awesome. Um, so when did you come out? Like, when was the first time you, wait, let me rephrase that. Like, when was the first time that you were like, you came out to yourself, I guess. Like, you were like, I'm gay ass. (laughs) Well, just for starters, I didn't know (laughs) that I was gay. I I knew what I liked. I knew what I was attracted to. I didn't know. In terms of putting into words, I didn't know how to put it into words. I didn't know whether I was gay or normal at all. Um, I think the first encounter that I had to myself when I questioned myself was early in life when I was in kindergarten. (laughs) Um, I do come from a Mexican background, so in my household ever since I was a child, we watched telenovelas in-house. And I remember um, I was five years old, I was in the kindergarten, and it was at night, like around 7 p.m. when novelas usually start. And Mm -hmm. so my parents, like, they would always gather... No, I totally remember uh, that. Yeah, they would, we would always join them to watch novelas with them, um, which, now that I think of it, was not appropriate because there's a lot of sex scenes in these There's novelas. a lot of violence, not to mention. And violence. <laughs> but they didn't care. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember um, while I, when I was five years old, I was watching novelas with my parents and all my siblings around the living room. And I, I thought to myself, like, wow, like, this guy, this actor... Um, till this day, I still remember his name. Um, his name is Pablo Montero. Um, I, I'm assuming he's still an actor, but that was the first guy that I had a crush on on TV. And so I didn't speak of it because I would notice how my dad, he wouldn't check out guys like I would in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, he would, you know, he would speak out loud. He would say, oh, that woman, like, she, she has a really nice body, like in front of my mom, too. So he would acknowledge <laughs> uh, the, the actress's uh-huh. um, physique and how he liked it. And that's when I first questioned myself. I was like, well, why don't I think that about women? Like, I, I I, do think about that, but about men that I see on TV. I don't think that way about women. And so I ignored it. Obviously, I was a child. I was five years old, so I didn't know what to do. So I never, like, paid attention to it. I mean, I was barely in the kindergarten. So, and to your response, I think that's the first time I ever acknowledged that I was attracted to a certain sex oh. <laughs> or gender. Uh, when was the first time that you were like, that, I guess, you felt the need to tell somebody that you were gay? Like, I guess, like, yeah. coming out to a person. <laughs> um, the first time I ever felt the need to come out to someone, the first person I came out to was to myself. That was who I needed to come out to, to myself. I needed to accept who I was. I needed to love who I was before I even cared about anyone else caring about me or loving me or not. And that was when I was 17 years old in high school. I was a junior in high school. I remember I started acknowledging that, you know, because something that I need to say right now is that I, I did, I I kind of dated women back in my days, back in high school, one, two, or three. 
Um, but <laughs> I okay, always... I dated men for, <laughs> for like two but, seconds. Right. Okay. But that was just for me, for the sake of me being protected, I guess, for mm-hmm. others, for my peers in high school to not know that I was gay, basically. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I changed the same locker room as them. I didn't want them to, like, do something to me, like, bully me or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of worked well because it, it, it worked as, like, a mask. And when I was 17, I remember... I, um, when I was 17, I remember I was single. And I liked being single because I didn't feel the need that I needed to get a girlfriend or the pressure of looking for another woman to have by my side. And so... At age 17, I liked being single, and that's when I was like, you know what, I need to come to terms with myself. And that's when I came out to myself, and I acknowledged that I was gay. For the first time ever in my mind, I was saying, I'm gay. And I need to, like, acknowledge it, and I need to love it. And so, I guess it was my, to myself that I came out to the first time. Um, it is, coming out is a process. Um, so, the way I see it is coming out to yourself, learning how to love yourself, mm-hmm. and then learning how to, like, care about others and how, how they think about you. Um, and then eventually just coming out openly about everything. Mm-hmm. And so th- those were my stages, at least. So I came out to myself at first. Um, after that, I moved to Turlock for college. I saw that as a restart button for myself, which was really amazing. So as soon as I set foot, I metaphorically pressed that restart button on my life. And... I always I've, I've always identified as gay ever since like I came to college and met new friends. However, my freshman year was kind of weird because I was still indecisive of whether or not I wanted to tell everyone that I was gay. Mm-hmm. So I was still at this point I'm already 18, and I'm only out to myself. Um, I did have roommates, I did have friends. However, they did not know about me, mm-hmm. and I did not. I, I don't think I ever felt the need to tell them. So they didn't ask. It's kind of like if they don't ask, you don't say anything. Yeah, you just let it flow. Like, it's like whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how I lived my first year here at college. And so that after my freshman year, during the summer, I got hired as a summer right here at the dorms. I remember the first person ever I ever vocalized I'm gay to was at that time my coworker, Ernie. Um, and the reason why I did it was because him and I just like bonded very well like he was my friend we were co-workers now um he was older than me and i've always gotten along with older people um they're the best people to hang out with honestly but yeah that was the first person ever that i vocalized to i am gay mm-hmm. and that was only the reason the, the only reason why i did that was because we were swimming because it was obviously like 100 or so degrees here in turlock it was during the summer and so we were swimming um we kind of like started talking about our lives and then he started talking about like women you know oh, yeah. something straight men do apparently <laughs> they talk about women yeah. the the type they like and then he asked me like what do you think and like I'm just what like, kind of women do you like exactly and i'm just like well i'm gay and that's th- after that i was just like well apparently i just came out to someone for the first time ever vocally and then a few weeks after that um you, you know the supreme court ruled that Gay marriage is now legally allowed around the whole U.S. So that kind of made it easier for me. I felt less, like, depressed keeping it within myself that I was gay. So now, after that date, I remember I was just like, well, now I'll be open about it. Mm -hmm. And that was the second time I came out to someone, and that was my older sister. Uh, However, she was the only 
person in my family to know. Um, I'm a fa- I come from a family of 10, so she's one out of 10. <laughs> that knew <laughs> at that moment. And then after that, everyone just like kind of got the hand. Um, I became myself. I, at, to this point, I'm not shy to be who I am. Um, I'm not shy anymore to say I'm gay. Like before, I was afraid of the word gay. Just because yeah. growing up, like my dad, I feel like my dad always knew that I was gay just mm-hmm. because he always sensed like a feminine side of me, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would always like bully me. If anything, he was my only bully. I never mm-hmm. got bullied in school. I was always outgoing. I always had friends from left and right. And when I got home, I remember I hated going home because like I knew that my dad would always criticize me, bully me, and I would just cry and like feel like crap. Wow. Yeah, so he would always, like, if I weren't outside playing with my other brothers, and if I were just, like, with my sisters, just, like, laying down and listening to music, because that's what my sisters would always do when, when we were young, <laughs> that my dad would see as something gay of me to do. Because so you're little, hanging out with your sisters exactly. and all your brothers. Yeah. And like, and they're so, they're going to feminize you in some way. Yeah, right? and so yeah. he would throw out the word gay, like, all over the place. And it was only for me, like, only for me. And mm-hmm. so I grew up being afraid of that word, being what that word meant. And now I'm just like, well, I'm gay. <laughs> Do you feel like you, like, maybe internalized some sort of homophobia? No. I, I know that's very common. I say that because I've seen a lot of, like, um, gay movies on Netflix. And there's one. I forgot the name. And it's this life lifeguard? Or, I don't know. It's this one movie where this guy, like, he knows he's gay, but he's always been told to be masculine and whatnot. And so he builds up, like, a lot of internal homophobia. So... He gets jealous because he meets someone who is out and proud oh, about uh, about it. And so he bullies him and basically is mean to him. But no, I never sensed any internalized homophobia. I remember even when I was 13, before my dad passed away, like, we were already, my me and my brothers, we were, like, already, like, 13, 12, 11. So we were old enough to, like, know what, what was going on. And my brothers kind of, like, grew up with the mentality of my dad. So, like... When I would do something that was not something that they would do, they would also call me out and they would be like, oh, well, you're, like, really gay, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so that just comes to show how, like, you know, you're a sponge. I don't know where I was going to that. <laughs> Delete the sponge part. It's okay. Um, I mean, I can totally relate into, the, like, the whole, like... Uh the whole cultural thing because like I also do come from a Mexican culture Mm -hmm. background um and it was heavily emphasized that like not so much by my immediate family more or less by my extended family and like family friends Mm -hmm. uh that a woman is supposed to be a woman you're supposed to be ladylike you're supposed to close your legs when you sit down you're supposed (laughs) to wear skirts and you're not supposed to wear jeans to church and you're not supposed to do all the x y and z Mm -hmm. bullshit right um, but I was the complete opposite of that. And, you know, I would make people uncomfortable because, like, I didn't like doing yeah. things that I was, quote-unquote, supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Um, I remember one time shopping for clothes uh, for church and going with one of my siblings, and they were like, no, you need to buy girly clothes because we're going <laughs> to church. Like, you need to do, you need to dress X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. And I didn't want to. I didn't mm-hmm. want to get the clothes that she was trying to get give yeah. me. Um, and then I remember like turning around and I was I was upset. Like honestly, like, I was really upset. And I that was like, they told you that th- that she told me that, uh-huh. and like I I guess was being disrespectful. So she smacked me like in the middle of the store. Wow. <laughs> she smacked me. Mm-hmm. She's like, you need to start behaving, blah 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 blah, because I didn't want to get the clothes 
that she wanted me to get. Right. You know, because I, I, I felt comfortable in a t-shirt and jeans. You yeah. know what I mean? Not ragged or anything, but, you know, like, just a t-shirt and just jeans. Just something comfortable, like, comfortable, if anything. You know what I mean? Um, given, like, I guess you're supposed to wear your Sunday best or whatever to church, <laughs> right? So, like, maybe some slacks and, like, a nice shirt would have been okay, but I guess it wasn't okay in their eyes, right? Was it a skirt and, like, whatnot? Yeah, it yeah. was, like, this skirt. And I wouldn't wear anything that was... Pa- it was my preference because uh-huh. I was really self-conscious about my body. Mm-hmm. Like, you're... I don't know. I was in middle school, high school, and so it's like that awkward stage where you're just kind of like, my body's doing yeah. things, and I don't know what to do. Ah, right? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't want to show anything, show off any part of my body, mm-hmm. and so I would get, get these, like, <laughs> really long, ugly skirts to, like, my ankle, and I would just wear them. And I'd be like, oh, dude, you want me to wear stuff? This is what I'm going to wear. I'm like, sorry about it. Like, yep. that's what I'm going to wear. Um <clears throat> and like the color pink was always forced on me and it just really? wasn't cool you know like i hate that whole gendered like blues for boys and pink is for yeah. girls when obviously everybody knows that that's bullshit you know mm-hmm. um but i guess like i've always known that i was gay like <laughs> like when people ask me like when did you first know i'm like girl i knew since out the womb like right and that comes into question like i know a lot of people a lot of my friends always ask me like so is it something that you just choose along the road? Like, once you grow up, you know what you like? And it's like, well, for my experience, it's like, I always knew since I was five. And a five-year-old, if you really think about it, that's a child. Yeah. And they're already thinking about uh-huh. it. A five-year-old nowadays does not even think about that. Yeah, like, if anything. I, I think, like, even if it was a choice, it's just kind of like, so what? Let it be. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. So cool. I guess now, turning the mic to you, like... When was the first time you ever, like, vocalized it to yourself? I mean, okay, so, like I said, I, I've known since I, that I was gay since, like, I don't Ever. know, like, forever, <laughs> dude, so. Um, I just always felt the need to hide it because mm-hmm. my older sister would, like, pick on me here and there and she'd be like, you're such a lesbian. Like, when I was, like, in elementary school, I, I again, like, I wouldn't dress feminine, so yeah. she'd be like, you're such a lesbian, or, like, <laughs> You know, I'm assuming that that's, like, the equivalent of, you're so gay, you know, when, right. people, when like, kids insult each no, other, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so she would just say that, and I'd, I'd ask her, I was like, what's a lesbian, you know? <laughs> <laughs> she, she wouldn't ever say anything, right? She wouldn't well, ever, now you like, know. <laughs> well, obviously, right? Um, she wouldn't ever answer my question, and I was just like, okay, whatever. So then I got a little older, um, I think I was in middle school, and I was like, yeah, I'm gay as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I remember I remember waking up one morning and I was just like, yeah, you know what? I don't like guys. <laughs> like, no. Because I was like, quote unquote, dating this guy, but I wasn't dating right. this guy. It's middle school. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, can I sit next kids to you? We're kids. dating. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're sitting next to me. We're dating. You know what I mean? Like, it was that type of bullshit. And um, so, yeah, I remember I was just like, yeah, I'm really gay. Like, this whole, like, dating guys thing or, like, trying to... to get their attention mm-hmm. at recess or whatever the hell it was, right? Yeah. Isn't working out for me. <laughs> so then, like, I started developing, like, these weird crushes on friends. Like, it would be so weird. Like, I was such a <laughs> fucking weirdo. Like, it would just be, like, overly obsessive. And it was because, like, it was... I think it was because it was, like, something that's unattainable. Yeah. You know, like, they're my friend and they're straight. Mm-hmm. Um and, like, they don't know that I'm gay. Or maybe if they know that I'm gay, they don't, they're not going to like me. So yeah. it was, like, these weird obsessions <laughs> mm-hmm. with them. And it was just so creepy. Like, oh, God. I'm, like, cringing at myself because it's just like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, but it also came about because it's, like, these were the only, like, female 
like people that like were I had around inter- you. were around me yeah. and that I had interest in mm-hmm. and that were showing me some level of attention. Yeah. Um, and so I remember I called my <laughs> best friend Sam at one point. Uh, we were I was in I posted this story on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. Like I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I, I call her right and I was like, hey, Sam. She's like, what's up? And so she's go- at this time, she's going to a different middle school than I am because mm-hmm. um, her mom's working at that middle school. So it's like, is this convenient for, th- for her to go? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, hey, how are you? You know, just trying to make small talk or whatever. And then she's like, she's like, you sound different. Like, what's wrong with you? I was just like, <laughs> oh, I have something to tell you. She's like, what? I was like, uh, um, do you know who Ellen DeGeneres is? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like Ellen. And then my friend was like, it wasn't clicking. It wasn't right. like, she's like, what do you mean? Free like, things. Like, what do you, what's a woman? Like, what do you, you know? And so I was like, still walking around the bush, you know? I was mm-hmm. just like, so what's Ellen? And so my, Sam was like, uh, I don't know, a TV ho- show host, <laughs> like a celebrity, a person. I don't know, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, what do you mean? What is Ellen, you know? And so I was like, Sam, I'm gay. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's what you meant. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what I meant. And then she's like, oh, okay. Well, anyway, and so we just started talking about, like, I don't know, I think we're obsessing over, like, Twilight or something. <laughs> Which you still do. <laughs> Which, yeah, I like you still do. The inner dumbass child in me is just like, oh, my God, vampires, you sparkle in the sunlight. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was that was interesting because, like, she didn't care, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just kind of like, like okay. whatever. But then and here came the obsessive, like, the obsession, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, ooh, Sam is, like, my friend, and she doesn't care that I'm gay. This is really cool, like... Mm-hmm. Let me just, like, be weird and, like, tell her that I like her. And then Sam was like, <laughs> okay, but, you know, like, I'm straight. and But I'm cool with you being gay and, like, yeah. you having a crush on me. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Um, and then that went away, like, entering high school. I was just like, okay, like, okay, this is this is what it's like to function as, like, a person who is gay and, like, trying to navigate the world around yeah. them. Like, okay, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Um, middle school was trash. Like, <laughs> that whole experience, trash. trash. Like, I would not relive that entire... Nope, I would not relive it. No, mm. not at all. Um, every day of my life in middle school, <laughs> I wanted to crawl under a fucking rock. Um, bad. Yeah, oh because... God. Okay, so... At one point, I had my head shaved because, like, I have, like, really long, thick hair when yeah. it grows out. Like, uh-huh. really long, thick hair. Um, and my brother shaved my head one day because I got lice. And Uh so this was like the third time I got lice. And I was just like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I, (laughs) I hate this so much. Can you just shave my head? Like, we're going to solve this issue right now. (laughs) Just shave it. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's my hair. Shave it. And so he did. And so then like, after he shaved it, like people, and it was funny because people weren't even like, oh, you shaved your head because you had lice, right? Because I wasn't telling anybody because in middle school, like, that shit's embarrassing, you know what I mean? Right. You don't tell people that. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even that. It was just like, you're such a dyke, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, from kids I didn't even know. Right. From, like, older eighth graders that mm-hmm. I did not even know. Like, I'm like, I don't even know. Excuse me, who are you? Like, <laughs> I've never seen you around here before. Like, who the fuck are you? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what? Um, so, yeah, I would constantly get bullied. And then, like, my friends... 
would like bully me because they thought it was funny to mm-hmm. like you know like fuck around with me. Yeah. Um. But then like later on like started to recognize like oh shit like we probably shouldn't bully Stephanie like damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then one time I remember sitting next to my really good friend Alexia on the bus. Um, and we would just, like, sit next to each other and listen to music, because, like, she had an iPod, and I didn't, and I really wanted an iPod, but, like, she's like, let's just listen to, like, whatever I have on my iPod, right? Yeah. And so we just listen to music and shit, you know? Back to the thing that you were saying, that, like, young people, young women do, I guess, like, just sit around and listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we were just sitting there, and, like, you know, sitting in the back of the bus is, like, really cool, cool right? Like, yeah. like, all the cool the kids sat there, right? The cool kids. Um, and I guess, like, Alexia was one of those, like, cool kids, mm-hmm. right? Um, so she's like, oh, let's just back here. And so then we're sitting back there and we're listening to music and this girl with a dead ass tooth named Daphne, (laughs) I'm not even changing these names either. Like anybody who listens to this will know who I'm talking about. Um, she like turns around, right? And like looks at Alexia and looks at me and looks at Alexia and is like, is she going over here to your house? You know, she's a dyke, right? Like, like she's gay. Like, you, you know that. And Alexia was just kind of like this bothers you why. what like <laughs> we're just hanging out we're she's sitting next to me because we're just hanging out like mm-hmm. i don't know what the big deal is and then daphne's like oh i was just making sure she wasn't gonna go spend the night at your house and then alexia was just kind of like she's not but if she was like so what <laughs> you know <laughs> and then like me and alexia are i think in like sixth or seventh grade i think this person was like a year a year i don't remember but she's a little older than us yeah and then the she just turns around and sits down with with her dead ass tooth like <laughs> like oh my god you know what I mean like oh Daphne oh, gosh like it just irritated me you know yeah like looking back at that now I'm just like dude what the hell like who cares <laughs> you know what I mean um, the fact that she like took the time to turn around right? and just mention that right or give it a point that like okay just making sure right like what are you gonna do otherwise like. It's like the stupid bathroom bill stuff, you know what mm. I mean? Like, oh, you know, I just need to make sure you're, you know, you have, like, the right parts. I'm, I'm just making sure that you're sitting down when you're peeing. Yeah, because, that you is know, true. Like, you can't have a penis and it's... come into the bathroom, although we all fucking shit everywhere. Yeah, point. with that bathroom situation, going back, to, going to that point now, um, I really think it's really dumb, the fact that people are p- putting priority in it in regards to, like, well, they shouldn't or they should. Like, isn't it just a natural thing to just go do your business in a bathroom, regardless? Yeah. I feel like uh, gender-neutral bathrooms, if we're going in specifics, goes back to our our homes. I mean, our homes, yeah. our bathroom is gender-neutral. I mean, you have a sibling showering, and you just walk in there and, like, do your business. And just so I'm like, hey, don't open the curtain, I'm here. And then they get and mad because it smells, and then yeah, that's exactly. about that's it, it, you know? Like, you grow up in an environment that's fully gender-neutral because everything is being shared with everyone. And now that you're an adult, I feel like, obviously, it's not the same way because mm-hmm. you're not with your family. But it should be seen the same way just because, I mean, you're just in there to do your business. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> I remember going forward in, in high school, uh, you know, like, I'm still, you know, I, I was a freshman in high school. And, like, in middle school, we didn't have to change out, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, this whole locker room business, yeah. like... <laughs> Where the locker room talk happens, you know? You know what I mean? <laughs> that locker room talk. <laughs> um, that whole, like, changing out situation, it was a little awkward for me. Like, yeah. I'm going to admit, like, I didn't like changing out because it's just kind of like, this is weird. Like, I don't not, not because, it wasn't because, like, I was scared of somebody saying something about my body. It was just kind of like me, like, this is weird. Like, again, like, me wearing the long skirts, like, not wanting to show anything. Right. It was just kind of like me, like, 
I'm gonna go into the bathroom stall and change, and then I come out. So it was a changing process. Yeah. Not, not so much that like, well, I'm surrounded by people that I may be attracted to. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was I, just I, like me, and I was just like. Oh, okay, yeah, because I'm asking because like when I remember when I went to high school, that was also my first experience, like you know, sharing a locker room and just like changing in front of all these men, and me being gay. <laughs> 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 even now I'm even more gay. <laughs> Gayer. <laughs> exactly. I remember as a freshman when I first experienced um having to change in front of all these men before we go out and do whatever we did as a PE class. I remember my favorite part about changing in the locker room was when seniors got in the locker room just because they were older and they were buffer and like, <laughs> they were just more attractive. You see little potato just like <laughs> I was just like, okay, I will see you on the side, like on the corner of my eye. I will not see you directly, but but you are really cute. <laughs> so yeah, that was me. But anyways, back to you. So yeah, that that wasn't me. Like mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, this is weird. <laughs> um, and then I remember, you know, like that was freshman year, and then sophomore, senior, you know, like you start getting used to it, so you don't give yeah. a fuck anymore. <laughs> um, but I do remember that there was this other person who started school mm -hmm. at you know at my same high school. Um, there was actually a few, and so this is, like, where I really started to notice this, like, butch style mm -hmm. and, like, this androgynous-looking women, you know what I mean? Right. Um, there was this one person, I don't remember their name, uh, but they were just, like, really, like, into their masculinity, like, into their masculinity role, mm -hmm. although, like, they were identified as a woman. Right. Um, and so they would go to the bathroom and, like, do whatever, and I remember one time, like, this person would get so much shit because they looked really masculine, like sh really short shaved hair, uh -huh. you know, like really like masculine clothes. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't tell if they had breasts or not, not that that matters, but yeah. like that's, you know, what people are looking at. Like, exactly. let me know, let me try to put you into this box with whatever I'm looking have at. these parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember like this person walked into like the women's bathroom um, and was told to like get out. Like they were like, you're a boy, why are you in here? And then she turned around, you know, and was like, um, excuse you, I'm just trying to take a shit. <laughs> like, basically, like, uh, what? You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. And like, I don't know, for me to like, bring it back to this bathroom bill and like, having seen that with that person, I'm just like, dude, like, just let people be, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, and it, and it wasn't, and it was on several occasions. It wasn't just that occasion. Really? Like, this person would get like, shit on. <laughs> Not literally speaking, but, you know, metaphorically <laughs> speaking, um, you know, about going to the bathroom and, like, using the women's locker room. And, like, stupid girls would be like, oh, I need to, like, hide myself so so-and-so doesn't see me. And I'm just like, little do you know, half the girls' basketball team is in here and they're all fucking gay. Like, right. like <laughs> why do you care if this person sees you? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, like, why are you demonizing them? You know right. what I mean? And they would do the same thing with, like, the... Co like, the the women's PE coach because mm -hmm. um, she had short hair and she'd like would wear like a lot of outdoorsy clothes and then mm -hmm. you know maybe that's a stereotype that lesbians have <laughs> but like that doesn't mean that all lesbians wear outdoorsy clothes and like you know are quote-unquote right. obvious right mm -hmm. and so people would you know other dumb girls would like bitch and moan like oh my god miss so-and-so is like right there she like was staring at me while I was changing like she's so like inappropriate and I'm just like she literally walked from her office to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> That's all she did. No more she had no time to look at you. Like that that brings up what? the that brings up the point that like for us who identify as queer, um we're always over sexualized. I mean, they think that we came out just to enjoy having sex 
nonstop mm-hmm. with that one type of person that we like. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that has never, like, it's just like, we don't over-sexualize straight people. Like, w- like if you're a man, like, we're not over-sexualizing you to have, like, a bunch of sex with women or mm-hmm. vice versa. So, and I, I just brought up that point just because last semester when I was doing training for RA, my supervisor did a privilege mm-hmm. um, presentation. And within that presentation, he gave out a point that, you know, like, for straight people, like, you're never over-sexualized, you're never seen as pervert, etc. However, those who do identify with the LGBT community, they are probably seen as perverts, over-sexualized, this and that, and that... I can what you were saying just proves that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of that. And then I remember like I think it was like 2 years of PE so then I didn't have to put up with that bullshit anymore. <laughs> um and then I was just kind of like, you know, for a while I was uncomfortable with like who I was mm-hmm. and like how I looked and stuff. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I was just like, you know what? I don't like wearing, you know, ties and stuff yeah. on random days of the week. Like <laughs> I like wearing button-up clothes and like blazers and shit like Mm -hmm. this is cool i like (laughs) i like dressing nice like what the hell you know judge me all you want like i don't care you know Mm -hmm. and like i think towards like the end of my sophomore and then the rest of my high school career i was just like water off a duck's back like yeah Yeah. whatever dude yeah i have short hair what do you what do you want like (laughs) what do you want (laughs) what's your point um and so, like, I feel like the transition from, like, middle school to high school was better because mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with the same shitty-ass people that I was dealing with in middle school and high school because we were, like, all separated because it was a little bit of a bigger, you know, area. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Like, if, if they if they continue to talk shit behind my back, like, okay. Like, <laughs> I, I, I never heard it because I didn't care. Yeah. I never cared to ask. Um, and then I started hanging out with teachers in, like, administration. And so it's kind of like, okay, like, I'm not really hanging out with, like, other students at this point. So I and really don't care. That the point <laughs> that, like, hanging out with older people is so much fun. Because right? you feed off their wisdom. Shout out to uh, Starla Nagin. Shout out. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then when I got to college, I guess, like, I really had my first, ex- like, my real first experience, like, actually going into the dating scene mm-hmm. um, and the queer dating scene. Because, like, in high school, it's just kind of like, yeah, there's, like, three, like, really confirmed queer girls in, <laughs> in your, you know, in your grade, like, and that's all you have to choose from and then me coming from the mojave desert Mm -hmm. where it's one it's really conservative and two there's like your neighbor's like two miles away from you so like there really isn't like any one place that you can go and like oh let me just get to know people you know right um other than going to school Mm -hmm. (laughs) but you know going to school was the same people the same people so (laughs) it was just kind of like eh. um so yeah so i'm like when i got to college like i really got the hang of like, ooh, there's there's a dating pool here. Like, I can date people. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, let's try this out. Um, and so you know, like, I mean, like all of us, we end up with a lot of heartbreaks, and then we <laughs> learn a lot of lessons. Yeah. Like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do that next time. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know what? These types of people, they're not good for you. Like, <laughs> stay away from these types of people. Yep. Um, and you learn and you grow. Mm-hmm. And I'm here now, and I'm awesome. Like. I mean, that was, like, me coming out as, like, a queer woman, yeah. right? But then I had this whole, like, other thing of, like, what's my gender identity about? Right. Like, what is this whole thing about? Because, like, I don't know. Like, for me personally, like, <clears throat> it's just weird whenever, like, I'm in a room mm-hmm. and, like, whoever's in charge of whatever activity we're doing, 
They're like, all right, separate into boys and girls. And I'm just like... I hate when they do that. I feel like that's... We could just number off because, one, sometimes there's more of one side than the other. You know what I mean? So it's just like, why don't you just number off like one, two, one, two. You're done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's so simple. Um, And so that always made me feel uncomfortable because, like, for me, it's just kind of like... I kind of felt like raising my hand and being like, what like, if you're I both? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> what if you're not either? You know what I mean? Like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was like identifying as like gender fluid for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, I guess, I don't know, like under the LGBT, the T, the trans umbrella, like it's an umbrella term for like, you Everything know, gender fluid, non-binary mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and like when people were like, why are you labeling yourself? Like, this and that and it's just kind of like I think that labels are harmful to an extent mm-hmm. but are also are helpful to an extent you know what I mean because it's like everything in your life is labeled like mm-hmm. everything you know what I mean mm-hmm. and like if you're going around your life not knowing where you fit not knowing what your label is you're gonna have like this empty space that you're just kind of like what goes there like exactly you know mm-hmm. like if it's a circle if it's a circle space and you're trying to put a triangle in there that's just not gonna fit, not gonna fit. you know what I mean yeah and then you find out what, you know, you find your circle piece that fits on there and you're like, oh, that's Perfect. my label. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I identify as like non-binary, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that's why my pronouns are they, them. Um, okay. And that's how I like to be referred to. So, yeah. Um, about. Thanks for sharing. Um, I don't know. I feel like my next question was somewhat rooted to our first experience, like our first date. <laughs> Our first date as an out person, oh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I, w- I should go first. Um, yeah, so what was that like? Because you only recently came out, right? Like, It may seem recently, but for me it's been like, well, I've been living my life for like a mm-hmm. couple of years, but it's only been like, what, one year? Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the, uh, when, was it 2015? 2015 was when I officially came out to I everyone. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, but it's weird, like I said, my freshman year was such a weird stage, like, I didn't know whether to say anything, whether people are going to ask, luckily no one asked, luckily I never had to, like, be pressured to say anything, because mm-hmm. at that time I was just like, I don't know, um, but it's weird because <laughs> when I moved here to college, I heard about Grindr, and oh. obviously Grindr is a, uh, I want to call it a hookup I'm app. I'm gonna call it a hookup yeah. app. Yeah, that's that, that's it's more or less. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Honestly, a hookup app. And so my freshman year, I moved here. I didn't know anything about Grinder or anything or the dating scene or anything. Um, so I tried it. I downloaded it, and I started like talking to men there. And there was creepy guys that were just like sending you know like inappropriate pictures. So that it's that uh, that I hated because it was just annoying and first of all like some of them were really old, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I'm over here like I'm just eighteen, <laughs> so like, yeah. Um, I downloaded Grinder. Um, I started talking to a lot of guys. I, I want to say that I only met up with two of them mm-hmm. out of everyone because they seemed normal than the other rest. <laughs> but even then, I was just like, oh whatever. Uh-huh. But then after that, when I started the actual like in the middle of the fall semester. I met someone who was in my Spanish class. Mm-hmm. Um, who, he was just there for like two weeks, and then I didn't see him afterwards. Mm-hmm. I guess he dropped after Census State. And so, yeah, we we talked for a little while, and then, like, I guess we started dating, and we started seeing each other, and we started labeling ourselves as boyfriend and boyfriend. 
And I was really excited because I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. I apparently had a... He was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was excited that I had a 23-year-old boyfriend. <laughs> my first boyfriend ever. Um, so I gave it a try. I went with it. Um, it was honestly the horrible thing. The most horrible thing ever oh in my, my God, life. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's like, when I look back at it, I'm honestly very embarrassed. <laughs> I, Girl, I, it as, I kill you. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what was I doing? I was just a child. I should yeah, have just like ventured out before I even like did this to me. Um, but the reason why I say it was really horrible was because this guy was closeted, hardcore closeted, like worse than me. I thought I had it worse, like really bad. This guy had it worse. Um, he... He identified as straight with all of his friends. Uh, Even when that was around him, like, he would introduce me as his friend. And so that's when I started noticing how hurtful it... Huh? This is my roommate, Jesus. He's really cool. (laughs) No, it's... It was... That's when I started noticing that it was not okay for him to, like, identify as straight and, like, Mm -hmm. introduce me as his friend. I thought that was pretty crappy. I felt very crappy. And so, yeah, he wasn't even out to his family, to none of his friends, to no one. And it was very harsh just dealing with that. Because I, I dealt with that throughout the whole school year. I didn't give it up. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no, well, like, he's really handsome. I, I don't want to let him go. <laughs> so, yeah, I was with him the whole school year. He was very crappy in that sense that he was so hardcore closeted. And that affected me a lot because it, it made me hate myself in a way. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, well, he's living, he's still living as, like, this lie of a straight man. And, you know, he's still happy, like. Could I go back? Like, it started, it made me question, like, mm-hmm. do I want to go back? Like, he seems happy. Like, I don't want to go out there and, like, be, like, harsh to myself mm-hmm. being out. But then once I started get, get, um, getting those ideologies, that's when I was like, no, like, I, I fought a lot for me to, like, internalize mm-hmm. my love, like, to love myself internally, I should say. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to, like, let him go. <laughs> Um, luckily it was before the, the school year ended, so it, two week, it was two weeks after the school year ended. Um, so it was around May when I kind of, like, broke up with him. But mm-hmm. till this day, I'm still, like, it kind of hurt me because, like, I remember how, like, low my self-esteem was at that mm-hmm. moment because, you know, I don't know what, what I really was. Were we boyfriends or was he being serious about me being his friend? It was yeah. really weird. So that kind of, like, fucked up my emotions. After that, I've never gave dating life a chance. I'm happily... Single. single and I'm very happy with it I like my space I think like my first time like really dating here at Stanislaus it was more like oh I'm just gonna meet up with this person and see what they're like and then just like oh you know what never mind you mm-hmm. know here and there um and it was it more more or less started out with like my circle of people that I started like hanging out with mm-hmm. um which I realized really soon that that was like dangerous to do like yeah. Maybe don't try to talk to your people who are trying to be your friends because, yeah. like, then you'll have no friends. Um, so that was, like, something that I really needed to, like, learn and get uh-huh. out of. Um, and I learned the hard way. And I, I'm very grateful for my experience learning that way mm-hmm. um, because I think that if I didn't learn that early on, I would have just gone down a really dangerous path yeah. there. <laughs> Um, and then I did start downloading, like, I, I think I downloaded, like, OkCupid, and I was using OkCupid for mm-hmm. a while, to the point that, like, I paid for it, and I was like... That's drastic. Because, okay, <laughs> judge me, bitch, judge me. Um, because, like, it, it gave you, like, all these other, like, little cool perks that, like, oh, you can see who actually liked your profile yeah. and stuff like that, so mm-hmm. there would be more to it than just, like, 
oh, let me just see, like, more women. It yeah. wasn't that. It yeah. was, like, you could see more people who were interested in your profile and stuff okay. like that. And it was really cheap. It was, like, $4 like a month. Spotify. Yeah, like Spotify. Spotify. It's exactly like paying for Spotify. So please, <coughs> judge me. Um, so then I did that. And I did meet, like, I think I met one person off of there. Didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then after that, I was just kind of like, you know what? No, I'm okay. Which is like floating <laughs> around being like a single person. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> um, and then I realized, I was like, I don't have that many, like, because before, like, I started identifying identifying as, like, non-binary. Not that it really makes a difference, but, like, I guess, like, to me, then it did make a difference. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm a queer woman. Like, I'm a lesbian woman. I want to have friends who are also, like, lesbian women. Mm-hmm. So, like, that way, like, you know, we can learn from, like, each other's experiences and, like, I can have somebody to talk to kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I downloaded Tinder because, like, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'll just meet people. Like, Tinder's know. honestly awesome. I still have Tinder. Yeah, like, I don't know. I had a lot of pretty cool conversations with people on there. Like, just conversations. Yeah. It wasn't even like, oh, let's hook up or, like, oh, <laughs> let's get, like, a coffee or anything. It wasn't even like that. It was just kind of like, hey, how are you? Blah, 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 you know? And I appreciated it. Um, until one day, uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe if, like, I message women and, like, have pickup lines, like, but I, it was just kind of like, let's see what will happen. Yeah. It wasn't like I'm being serious. So then I came across uh, my now partner's profile, uh, Crystal, and uh, she it, it was just, like, a regular profile, right? Yeah. And so I'm really stupid, and I was just like, you know what, I don't know what to say, but I'm going to say this. So I legit just was like, hey, you go to stand, I go to stand, let's talk. Her response was literally, nah. <laughs> Ellipsis. <laughs> and then she sent another message and was just like, JK, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah, let's talk, you know. She got jokes. <laughs> she And I really am grateful for that first experience because it's like, she was just playing along. Yeah. Like, why not, you know? Like, fuck it. Like, why not just, like, play around and, like, yeah. say dumb shit? Um, and from then, from that point on, like, we just started talking and, like, getting to know one another as, like, friends, and we didn't really meet up and, like, get coffee until, like, three or four months after we started talking on Tinder. So it was, like, a while before we actually, like, met up and got coffee Mm -hmm. here on campus. Um, and, like, you know, it's, like, I I see what you were talking about, like, the double-edged sword or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? But I think that sometimes people, like, when they're in the closet, like, it's not because, like, they want to, like, make you feel like shit about anything. It's just because, like, they haven't really come to terms with themselves. With themselves, yeah. And, like, you know, and I'm really sorry that your experience was like that. And, like, you know. I mean, I, I learned did, from it. I, don't <laughs> I learned ever... not to use grinder anymore. <laughs> there you go, For right? For sure. But, I don't know, my, my experience was that, with, with that particular thing, has been just, like, always supporting that person, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's, like, they love you in their own way, you know? And it's just kind of, like, it's going to take, it's going to take time for that person to, like, actually, like, come out and, like, you know, they might have came out to themselves and, like, maybe, like, one or two or three people, right? But, like, they haven't taken that bigger step of, like, really announcing to the world. Yeah. Not even having to announce it to the world, you know what I mean? Because that's, like, I, I, I think that, like, having to announce, like, your sexuality is, is weird. But, you know, it's important. <laughs> but you know for us, I mean? it's important. It's, it's something it's important. we have to do, yeah. apparently. <laughs> apparently, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when they finally take that step of, like, you know, finally introducing you to their family mm-hmm. is like, this is my girlfriend or like, this is my partner. You know, it's just kind of like, 
You're, right. You have to be there for that person, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, there's two ways that that could go. Like, yeah, it could definitely. go your way, or it could go the way that I, ex- exactly. I have experienced no, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not to say that everybody in the closet is, like, a terrible fucking demon. And no, like, you not stay at away all. from them, you know what it I mean? It varies. It's like, you have to think about, like, you have been in their shoes at one point, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you were there too. Mm-hmm. So you can't just be like, hurry up and get out, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't just shove that person out. Like, no, yeah, and not that that going back to my experience, like that was never my my goal to like out this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say or point out is like how much like I was hurt because he was so closeted, mm-hmm. but I was in no matter like it was not in my position to like out this guy, like. I just wanted him to, like, treat me, like, normal and, like, for him to, like, love himself. Oh, okay, himself. I see, I see. Because that was my whole point. Like, I feel like he never, like, processed the fact that he was gay and to accept it and to love it the way I did. Um, and so he kind of didn't know how to love others before loving his own self. So I feel like that that was his process. Like, he was not, he had not learned how to love himself and what he was before loving someone else. Oh, okay. And that's what I did. My like going back to my. my so you're saying out that there wasn't like that, his own process of like I guess I don't know. Would you call it a process of like self healing before like you go out? I think so because I was like like I said I was never like oh you need to come out like I never actually mentioned it to him like. Mm-hmm. I never mentioned it to him like hey why aren't you out because I feel like, that would pressure him and mm-hmm. I'm, like being in the closet I've already been in the closet and I don't think pressure is something healthy. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. <laughs> So, you know, like, we've already talked about our experiences coming out. Like, what's it been like for you being queer on this campus or, like, in the Valley in yeah. general? Yeah. Well, um, a little background about myself is uh, I come from San Jose, the city of San Jose. Huge city, progressive city, Silicon Valley. Um, so I've always encountered, like, an open-minded uh, surrounding um, coming here to stand state as an openly gay man has not affected me until this day. I have yet to like experience something negative. Um, and I will say this, that I feel like I have privilege though. And that is why I have not been either discriminated against of or, you know, treated differently. And I feel like it's because of my minimal privilege that I acknowledge that I own, which is me, you know, I'm a man, I identify as a man, um, and I go by the man norms, I guess, if you can say, in the sense that I dress like a man, whatever they consider that, mm-hmm. um, and if I'm not mistaken, that is called a cisgender, right? Yes. Cisgender, when you follow the, the gender norms, apparently. And so I feel like me, as a cisgender man who identifies as gay, has its privilege, which I acknowledge that I own. So I think that's why I should point out that I have not experienced anything bad. Because, you know, when people see me, because let's be honest, like, society nowadays, like, since ever, like, they've always, like, they judge a book by its cover. <laughs> and so what they see is what Regardless they judge. Regardless of, like, how progressive you are. Exactly. Always, yeah. yeah. So when they see me, you know, they see this little brown man <laughs> wa- walking around campus dressed like a man. Uh-huh. And so they don't assume anything else but that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that has a lot. That goes into factor a lot, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And well, so, so far, in other words, like, I have not experienced anything negative. But anything, like, talk about some of your positives. Like, what have you experienced so far? Like, 
Well, positives. Positives are going to be really hard to point out just because if they are positives, I don't know. Maybe they are. Just because, I don't know. I feel like, I, 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 let me reward this. I don't think I can point out positives right now because, I don't know. It's It's been normal for me. Like, I, I haven't been treated bad. I haven't been talked down to because of how I identify. And so, I guess that's the only positive. The that I have not been put down because of who I am mm -hmm. or that I identify as gay. I think that's the only positive. And I think that's the only thing that should matter to me. Like, I see. I mean, my experiences here have both been, I guess, like, I don't know, normal as you say it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's been, it's been good. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like, I've had my shitty experiences yeah. where, like, I have been, like, seen differently. Um, we're not going to get into the specifics of that. But, uh... Yeah, I have was seen differently at one point, mm -hmm. and that really affected me, um, and affected the place that I was at, you mm -hmm. know, mentally and like physical, Physically. like physical location. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and because of that, like I had to leave one thing to go to another, mm -hmm. and you know, the transition from like leaving a place to going to another place where you know you're welcomed yeah. and not questioned about like your your ethics or anything was great. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really like student wise, like like I guess like yeah, student interactions. I haven't had like a negative student interaction. Mm -hmm. Although <laughs> my freshman year, I founded uh, not founded, but I found uh, Love Evolution, the LGBTQ plus club on campus, which I am uh -huh. the vice president of. Yes. Shout out to Le. Yes. Um, I found them and I was like, oh my God, like, this is so cool. Like for the first time I get to be like in a room surrounded mm -hmm. by other queers, like, holy shit. Like for me, that was a holy grail. Like right. I've never had that. And so to have that as a freshman mm -hmm. here on campus was exciting for me. Yeah. Um, and I remember they had their, the rainbow table out in the quad. Um, and I remember like that second semester, like we had those crazy ass, like, quote unquote preacher people that come to campus, you know what I mean? Like the funny just, people. Just fucking yeah, people for yeah. dumb shit, you know? Um so there was this guy out there, right? And me and my friend Roger, um, at the time we were like sitting at the table and we noticed this guy just out there, right? Like with the, like a like a microphone speaker yeah. thing, like yelling at people and uh I was like, you know what'd be really cool? And he's like, What? And I was like, if we just like sat here and like sang same love, like on a loop, like regardless of whatever the lyrics were, like we should just we should just sit here at the rainbow table and do that. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. And so like uh, we both went back to the dorms because we were living at the dorms, um, and then grabbed his like sound speaker, like because yeah. he had like a nice like uh, speaker, speaker that was loud. And so we did that, and like other people started joining and like sitting at our table and like hanging out with us and stuff. Um, and then like one of the members was sitting at the table and he's like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And so he explained. And then one of the preacher dudes came up to him <laughs> and was like, you know, I guess talking to him about like God or whatever, the right? Bible, Bible yeah. whatever, you know, whatever they were talking about. Um, and then like that, that member, he walked away. He went, he went to class, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I remember like <laughs> me and Roger were just like sitting there, right? We're just still like singing and like saying like, um, God makes no mistakes, like, blah, 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 right? We're yeah. just, like, saying shit. 
Uh, and then they were, they finally packed up and left because I'm assuming they were one tired or two. They had enough of our shit. Yeah. <laughs> because at that point, like nobody was paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. Everybody was paying attention to us, you know? Um, so then they left. And then like the next day, I remember walking by the rainbow table and seeing like a rainbow note. Like it's like a, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a, it says a thousand dollars, right? It looks like fake money. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. rainbow, right? Mm-hmm. And on the back it says like, oh, God made the rainbow because like to promise the world that it won't flood or whatever, right? <laughs> like what, something along those lines, whatever that story is, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought it was, and in one way, like I didn't think of it until later. I was like, well, I think that's kind of cool. Like. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're appreciating our rainbow, right? Like, <laughs> maybe that, that's their way of, like, appreciating uh-huh. our rainbow. But at the same time, like, I thought about it again. I was like, what if they're just being shady? And, yeah. like, saying that, like, our usage of the rainbow is inappropriate. And, like, we're, like, appropriating it some, yeah, yeah. in some way. You know what I mean? And I was just like, just I don't know. Weird. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know how to take this. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to the club about it. And they're like, yeah, we don't know how to take that either. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. I'm not the only one who's, yeah. like, really confused about this. But mm-hmm. all right. Um, and, like, later that semester, I remember we were meeting for some sort of, like, planning committee at the rainbow table mm-hmm. uh, on a weekend. And I got to the rainbow table first because I'm weird and I get to places early as hell. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm the opposite. <laughs> um, and so I got there and I noticed that, like, on the purple stripe mm-hmm. that we have on the table, it said, in, like, really ugly graffiti writing, it said, Adam and Eve, not oh, Adam and Steve. And Steve. <laughs> And I was just like, what the hell? Like, what? What in the literal hell? Like, <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, what the hell? Like, what is this? Like, it, does this come off? Is this a joke? You know, like, is it a prank? Um, and then, like, the president of the club got there. His, uh, the then president, his name was Hector. And I was like, Hector, like, what do we do? And he's like, you know what? Like, we should just probably take pictures of it and then report, report it, it yeah. and then paint over it. And so that's what we did. Uh, we took, like, our acrylic acrylic paint, yeah. you know, like, the canvas paint. Because, <laughs> you know, like, we're just a club. Like, we're not going to take this whole table, shave it down, and repaint the whole damn thing. Yeah, yeah. So we just did that. Um, and, you know, like, I think that's, like, really one of, like, I guess my bigger negative experiences, like, as a student, a part mm-hmm. of a student club, having our table defaced. Um, we never found out who did it. But, I mean, regardless of who did it, like, that was still a shitty thing of somebody to do. Yeah, I know. Um, and so, like, yeah, we submitted the report and stuff, and then we told our advisor, um, about it, um, and so there's been a note of it, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, like, being able to find a club for someone, who, for me, you mm-hmm. know, someone who lives out in the middle of the desert, <clears throat> um, doesn't have any other queer people to hang out with, yeah. and, like, to find that was, like, amazing, because mm-hmm. I remember when I visited the campus, like, I saw the rainbow table, and I was just like, what does this mean? Does this mean that there's queers here? Oh my god, <laughs> Yes! Um, so that was exciting. Uh, so, you know, like, I don't know. That, that, I don't know. That, that, that's been my experience. And I really appreciate that um, all the people that I met through there have been really great and supporting. I learned a lot, honestly, yeah. my first year. Um, the first time I, I, I was in that meeting, I learned a lot mm-hmm. of different terminology. I learned, my I guess, like, my own history as a queer person. Yeah. Like, what you know like why we have the freedoms that we have today mm-hmm. like what was I, I didn't know what stonewall was you know what i mean like stonewall is a really a really important part of like the queer community mm-hmm. you know what i mean like in the then the gay rights movement and i didn't know any of that like mm-hmm. at all whatsoever because they don't teach you that in high school they, they don't, don't. No. you know they don't teach but it's part of u.s history but they don't teach it 
You know what I mean? It's kind of like they like sub it. Like, oh, you're a subcategory. Exactly. Kind of like ethnic studies. Like, ethnic studies is actually like really... Because I'm taking in a lot of ethnic studies um, currently. And what is always emphasized in these ethnic studies classes is that they are part of U.S. history. Um, but they subcategorize it as ethnic studies. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird because it's like they're an essential to our history. Like because of ethnic studies, like even like those who are studying ethnic studies are already seen as radical mm-hmm. because it's you're, you're, you're going against a grain. Like um, ethnic studies is basically a history classes, but you're dismantling everything that history has taught you and challenging it. Because you've only been taught about like the, the basic narrative, yeah, yeah. the founding fathers, and exactly. the constitution, like the you, and Day of so, and, and that's really interesting because this semester I have one history class and one ethnics class, and I obviously enjoy my ethnics class better than the history class. Mm-hmm. But I put it in perspective, like when I go to ethnic studies class, it's like we're challenging everything that we're taught by narrative, and we we read more in depth about it. And then in history, when I go to my history class, we're just given like this chapter and that's what has to be learned from that chapter. Yeah. Like, what this chapter says, it has to be stuck in your mind. Exactly. So and like, like, I don't know, that just really irritated me when I got yeah. here and I learned all this stuff because it's like, mm-hmm. this is legit like law and like yeah. politics and like, you know, I don't know who Harvey Milk was yeah. until I got here, right? And then, you know, I, I never visited the Castro until I got here. And exactly. I never visited the museum mm-hmm. and the Castro until I got here, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't know, having that so close by you, you know what I mean? It was just awesome for me. Like, it amazing. is, yeah. It's interesting because I barely watched the movie Milk last night. What did you think? I was very... It's very long. It's, like, it two hours and, like, ten minutes. Uh-huh. So that's pretty long. Um, but... I would say that I was not bored throughout the whole movie. It was interesting. I mean, I'm into politics. This guy was into politics. Um, he was not raised by politics. He was kind of just like, this is something that I need to do for the sake of the people that are like me. And so mm-hmm. you kind of see like the the gay community come together in like the 70s and then throughout the whole history until like he gets assassinated. It's really, it was really, really sad. Yeah. Really, really, really harsh. And it's something that actually happened to an actual person. Exactly. You know? And, like, you and I, we recently went to go visit the HRC Center. Yeah, when I met up with you. Yeah. Over in... That, in that January. Was, that was in January. In January, yeah. Because yeah. I was going to a protest. <laughs> Which we did see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that's interesting because what we were told at the HRC Center that, you know, that now the HRC Center used to be his house or mm-hmm. above it was his apartment and that's how it was depicted in the movie so everything was very accurate i was really surprised about that because the person who told us the history had his facts straight apparently yeah. because this movie didn't say otherwise so i yeah. i was intrigued by it yeah um go like i enjoy going to the castro all the time i that's, love it there <laughs> like i don't know how to get anywhere else in san francisco but i know how to get to the castro that's all you need, that's <laughs> like, all you need honestly the castro is like the fun the most fun place ever in San Francisco. Exactly. Like, I don't know where to go, but I know Every, that I can get to the I don't know about you, but, like, I always get the chills when we enter the Castro and you see that huge rainbow flag just freely yeah. and vibrantly just waving. Like, that gives me chills. Like, I'm just, like, I'm so proud. Like, I wish I had that huge flag here on campus, kind of. Yeah. Like, it's so beautiful. It just shines. Like, it's it's in an open space, so you just see it, like, shine its colors and wave. It's It's just awesome. Yeah, it's above all the other buildings. It is. It's amazing. Um, 
have you ever seen the pink triangle on the side of the mountain on on I think this is where Twin Peaks is at? Oh yeah. During Pride season, they put a big, huge pink triangle there. Really? You can see it when you're coming from Oakland into mm-hmm. the onto the Bay Bridge. Uh huh. You can see it from that far away. Like it's really beautiful. Um, um I, think I have yet to see it. The first time I went to Pride was in I think 2014. Yeah, and like. I remember we were staying with my friend Jacob mm-hmm. in Alameda, and as soon as we got off the bar and walked up the stairs <laughs> to go into the to um, the mission, yeah, I looked up and like on all the on all the light poles was like banners of like rainbow. I was yeah. just like, oh my god, like what is this? You know, it's interesting. I have yet to experience going to Pride. I'm gonna. Take I've you. always wanted to go. I, we need to go. We need to go. Like I don't understand. You lived in San Jose, but you never went but- to SF Pride. What the fuck? <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> well, it works the same way. Let's go back. <laughs> the fact that I was still accepting myself. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, this was a really good chat. Yeah, that was a really good chat. I called Jesus potato earlier. <laughs> you did. Because <laughs> um, I said, oh, you just saw that little potato staring at these muscular older men. Yeah. Um, I call him potato because he calls himself potato. I he, do. And the reason is because potatoes are really cute. <laughs> the potatoes are the backbone of every dish and that's how i see myself <laughs> he's the backbone of everybody yeah like no one appreciates a potato <laughs> but a potato is amazing <laughs> i remember when um i don't know who was it cynthia and lucero started calling potato and i was just like stop calling him that you why thought they you... were like bullying I thought me. they were bullying you i was like why are they calling him a potato stop <laughs> And then you're like, but I am a potato. Like, look at me. I'm a potato. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I was just like, okay, I'll just call you potato. And so that's... And it's, stuck. it's funny because my supervisor last week, I was walking over here to DBH, and he was walking out of his office. I was on my phone, so I didn't see him. And he screamed. He was like, potato, potato. <laughs> and I looked back, and I was like, who is, who is that? And it was him. I never expected my supervisor to call me a potato. That's but so it was honestly funny. the cutest thing ever. Potato. Given the fact that he's like the nicest person ever, so I, I didn't mind. <laughs> I love the fact that on your Twitter, like instead of your name, it's just the potato emoji. Yeah, <laughs> what? It's, just what? A, it's just one potato. <laughs> that's it. That's all it is. It is just it a is potato. Thank God for the emoji updates because that potato <laughs> came in clutch. For real, what were we using beforehand? Like the sweet potato or yeah, the, the size? yam? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like lame. <laughs> I was just like that's not a potato, but I guess we'll use it. It worked. We can elaborate. I mean, we made it work i guess all right well thank you for listening hopefully you enjoyed our first episode yes we'll be back next week bye guys